<laughs> All right, yeah? Okay, you have something back, a possession back at your house. That's exciting. Family, friends, and horses. Is it one more? Yes. Enjoying life. Isn't life amazing? What do you think our purpose is in life? Why do you think we're here? To glorify God. That's a great answer. Anybody else? Let's see. Let's give someone else a chance. To tell the world about Jesus? You know what? I don't even have to preach a sermon now because glorify God, tell people about Jesus. That's it. That is exactly why we're here. Very good. You guys are well trained in your Sunday school class for sure. Good job. What do you guys want to be when you grow up? Yeah. A veterinarian? Wonderful. Let's see. Okay, we'll just go in a row. Go. Horse trainer and a farm vet. Yes. Spy. Spy. Good. Artist. Keep an eye on him at home. We're, Will's not in here right now. What was he? Doctor. What do you want to be when you grow up? A Star Wars person. A Star Wars person. Oh, maybe you could work for Disney. Okay. That's awesome. All right. So I want to tell you guys something. Did you know that God created you? Did you know that God knit you together in your mother's womb? Did you know that God created you in his image? And two more things. God has an amazing, amazing purpose for your life. Did you know that? And he has a plan for you. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Every human life is precious, including your life, because God created you for a purpose and for a plan. All right? So there's two words today. Purpose, plan. You think you can do it? All right, go sit down. Thank you for coming up here. Good job. I love it when the kids preach my sermon for me. It's great. I tell you, I, I don't prepare them either. I don't prompt them. They do all that on their own. And uh, it's, I love it when they get you ready. So today is the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Today is the day when we, we take a Sunday, we worship God, we look into His Word and study the sanctity of human life. So today, the, the message today is focused on Psalm 139. So if you have a Bible, you can open it to Psalm 139. The words will be on the screen. Uh, there's Bibles in the pew. Open your phone, whatever you want to do. Psalm 139. And the point of the message, the point of this text, the point of the day today as we worship God is this. Every life is precious. Every single human life is precious. And today, I'm going to give you three reasons from the Word of God why every human life is precious. So look with me in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13. First, we're going to learn that human life is precious because God creates us. Human life is precious because God creates us. Our psalmist wrote this, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. 
The psalmist reminds us that life is precious because God creates every single person through an intimate, intelligent, intentional process. God not only created us, He also created us in His image. And so I want to spend a few moments focused on that. How do we quantify the value of a human life? Well, we find the answer in Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26 through 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This text explains two important things about our origin. Number one, that our God created us. And number two, that we are his image bearers. First, let's look at the first part of that text. God created us. As Psalm 139 verse 13 tells us, God created us in the womb. The God of this universe who lacked nothing was fully complete and had absolutely no need to create anything. That God created mankind. He is the God who actively engages his creation from the moment of conception and into eternity and we were created to love to serve and to worship him the the way in which god created and creates every single human life provides us the true reason why every life is precious genesis 2:7 provides us with more detail about god's creation of Adam and Eve, and of every person. It says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Notice that God formed man, that God breathed into man the breath of life. The, the word that Moses chose here for formed in, in Hebrew is a word they used to describe the way a potter would take a lump of clay and form it into a beautiful piece of pottery. With that same intention and love, God scooped up dirt and formed Adam. With that same love and care and intentionality, God forms every person. The creation of Adam, the first person, and every person who would follow is an intentional act from our God, the God of this universe. And Isaiah wrote in 64 verse 8, But now, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, you are the potter, and all of us are the work of your hand. We are all the product of an intentional act of God, and thus, consequently, no single person on this earth, no matter what the circumstances of his or her birth, is an accident or an unwanted birth. 
Every person is created intentionally by God. Every person is loved by God. Every person is designed by God. God told Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So we learn that God forms us, that God loves us. And so every single life is precious. We are His image bearers as well. In the womb, before we're born, we are made in the image of God. And we bear His image. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? It means that God created mankind to share some of His attributes, to be like Him. As people, we have attributes of God within the fabric of our being. Sure, He's not a physical being in the sense that we are, but we do share many attributes with Him, like our spiritual nature. We are personal, moral, relational, rational, creative, and emotional beings, just like our God. In fact, no other created life on earth shares in the likeness of God to the extent that we do. That's why every human being is precious and has infinite value. Because we were created by God in His image. And God demonstrated the value of every human life by sending His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross. So that we wouldn't remain lost, but so that we could turn from sin, trust in Him, and receive everlasting life. There's no creature on earth more valuable to God than us. We need to pray for change in this country. We need to help every single person see that every life, both pre-born and born, is precious. And we've got an uphill battle to fight. In 2019, there were over 630,000 abortions in the United States, according to the CDC. And that's a conservative number. 18% of pregnancies, that's 18 out of every 100 babies, were murdered in 2019. 53% of adults in America think that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. 48% of Catholics, 33% of Evangelical Protestants, 60% of mainline Protestants believe that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. How should we move forward? What do we do in the midst of such terrible terrifying, horrific news. The foundation of this issue is our culture's dehumanization of preborn babies. Somehow, people have convinced themselves that babies aren't really human beings before they're born, made by God, with inalienable, God-given right to live. 
Church, we've got to convince our family and our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers that all life, both pre-born and born, is precious because God creates everyone in His image. And His creative process begins at conception. Second, and just as important and especially important for this church in this place, We've got to celebrate, celebrate new life in this church. You know, Psalm 127 verse 3 says that every baby is a gift from God. Anybody like to get presents? You know that every time a baby's born, if you believe the Word of God, that baby's a gift from God. That baby's not a nuisance. That baby's not an accident. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Every baby is a gift from God. And who doesn't want more gifts from the Lord? Right? We will love them. We will care for them. Sacrifice for them. And train them to follow Jesus. The more the merrier. Keep it coming. Lots of babies. We want lots of babies in this church. Because they're a gift from God. And they're to be celebrated. So human life is precious because God creates us. Second, human life is precious because God has a purpose for us. Look at verse 14 of Psalm 139. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. We are a part of an amazing and glorious creation. Our Creator God intentionally planned and intimately worked to create you and me and to place us in the time and place of His choosing. When He considered the way in which every one of us is fearfully and wonderfully made, John Calvin wrote this, The true and proper view to take of the works of God is that which ends in wonder. God's sovereign work in creating human life and sustaining it on this earth should lead us to thank Him. It should lead us to worship Him. Verse 14 says, My soul knows it very well. And this reminds us that that every person has an innate knowledge of God and His righteousness. And this should compel us to worship God, to worship the one who created us, to worship the one who made this world in which we live. The one who not only created it, but sustains it. This text says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Being fearfully made means that God created us to honor and respect and worship Him. Our purpose, as one of the children said, is to worship God and to give Him glory. That's why we're here. That's why every single person on this earth is here. That's what God created us to do. That's our purpose, to worship God and to give Him glory. Deuteronomy 6.13 says, You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship Him and swear by His name. 
Deuteronomy 8.6 says, Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. Psalm 33.8 says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. We are fearfully made. That means we are made to fear God. We are made to worship God. That's our purpose. We are also wonderfully made. God made us in His image. There's no other creature in the world like us. We are wonderfully made, and that means that we're distinguished. That means that we are unique. That means we are set apart by God for a very specific, unique purpose. To worship Him. To give Him glory. All life is precious because God has a purpose for us. To worship Him and to give Him glory. No other life form on earth worships God and gives Him glory like people. When a baby is aborted, he or she will never fulfill their purpose for which God created them to live on this earth. He won't sing a song of praise to God. She won't tell another person about Jesus. He won't use his God-given gifts and skills to help humanity. She will never become pregnant and have a baby. The aborted baby won't take their place in God's creation among 7.9 billion people who are fearfully and wonderfully made by God for the express purpose of worshiping him and giving him glory on this earth. Let me just ask you, what would life on this earth be like without Billy Graham if he had never lived? You know, he led three million people to faith in Christ. What would life be like if Lottie Moon had not lived? She began one of the greatest, most important gospel movements in China that still goes on today. What would life be like if Michelangelo had not lived and we didn't have his paintings and sculptures? What would life be like if Rosa Parks had never lived and had not helped end segregation in the United States? Or what would life be like if Martin Luther King Jr. had not been allowed to live, to pastor his church, and to be one of the most important leaders in civil rights movement in the United States? What would life be like if Jane Wright had never lived. She was a part of the team that helped discover chemotherapy. What would life be like if Oscar Schindler was not allowed to live? He saved over 1,200 Jews during the Holocaust. What would life be like if the person who led you to Jesus had never lived? These people were all a blessing to this world. They all had a purpose. And they fulfilled it well. Abortion became legalized in the United States in 1973. Since then, 62 million babies have been aborted here. And that's a conservative number. What would life be like if those 62 million babies were permitted to live? That's a lot of people. Perhaps today we would be rallying behind the next greatest evangelist with millions more being saved. 
we might be cancer-free. Or perhaps the COVID pandemic would already be over. Did we lose the opportunity to have a unifying voice in this nation, someone that could bring peace among people? What great works of art will never be sculpted? What beautiful songs will never be written? Most importantly, how many millions of people did not have the opportunity to fulfill their purpose for living? To worship God and to give Him glory on this earth. Human life is precious because God created us. Human life is precious because God created us for a purpose. And finally, human life is precious because God has a plan for us. Look at our text again, one, Psalm 139, verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and your book were all and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. One scholar writes, David expresses the inconceivable skill which appears in the formation of the human body. When we examine it, even to the nails of our fingers, there is nothing which could be altered without felt inconveniency. As at something disjointed or put out of place, where's the embroiderer who with all of his industry and ingenuity could execute the hundredth part of this complicated and diversified structure? We need not wonder if God, who formed man so perfectly in the womb, should have an exact knowledge of him after he is ushered into the world. God's knowledge of us is not confined in knowing we exist at, con- uh, at conception. He knows everything about us. Even before conception, to our last breath on earth and into eternity, our God knows us in an intimate way. And He has a plan for every person. These two verses communicate one very, very important thing about our existence from God's perspective. He has a plan for our lives, and He ordained that plan before you and I were born. Human life, which begins at conception, is precious because our holy and sovereign and loving and merciful God ordained that life to begin and end in accordance with His timing. When a baby is aborted, the person performing the act of cruelty attempts to usurp God's authority and to control that baby's life in a way that belongs to God alone. He creates life. He sustains life. He ordains it for every person. And that's why every human life is precious. Human life is precious because God creates us in His image. Human life is precious because God has a purpose for every person. Human life is precious because God has a plan for every person. Now, what should we do? How do we respond with the knowledge from the Word of God that every human life, both preborn and born, is precious? 
First, let the sinner repent and be forgiven. If you've participated in an abortion, I want to tell you today that God's forgiveness waits for you. Like any other sin that we've committed, the egregious act of abortion is something Jesus died to forgive. And so if you've been a part of one, if you've committed one, if you were a party to an abortion, turn from that sin and receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers today. You can have peace and forgiveness for that. You can walk with Christ. You can have the joy that comes in the forgiveness of that sin. Second, let the saint be heard for those who have no voice. Church, we've got to pray for abortion to end. First and foremost, we should all regularly pray that the murder of preborn babies would end. We need to remove or we need to provide biblical wise counsel to those who are considering an abortion. Do you know someone under various circumstances who has a pregnancy that they're considering aborting? Could you pray for them? Could you talk to them? Could you show them other options that are available for mothers? We need to be in this church a safe place for women to come and find fellowship after they choose to honor God and have their babies. No matter what circumstance a woman and a man, no matter what circumstance they come from, they come in here with their children, we need to be a safe place for people with kids. They need to feel welcome here. We need to teach their kids to love Jesus. We need to raise them up to know that they're precious in the eyes of the Lord. We need to foster and adopt children who have no family. Listen, we need to foster and adopt children who have no family. We can't both be a a church that stands for life and against abortion and at the same time ignore the children that need families. If we're telling people, you need to have your baby because God created that baby and that baby deserves to live, if we're going to say that, we also have to be a place where babies can be raised. Have you prayed about adopting children? I know, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's not a commitment for a day, a week, a month, or a year. That's a lifetime. Or fostering children. We need to be prepared if we're unable to do those things to sacrifice for those that are called to do so. No believer should ever not have enough money to adopt a child. Every human life is precious because God made them precious. What will you do? That's the question, isn't it? What will we do with that knowledge? 
In a second, I'm going to ask, or in, in a second, we're going to move into our time of celebrating the Lord's Supper. Um, I want to just talk about this for a minute, and then we'll do that. So out in the foyer, there are these baby bottles. And every year, uh, on, around the time around Sanctity of Life Sunday, we take up, take up an offering. And we take up an offering for this Southern Baptist uh, cause called the Psalm 139 Project. The Psalm 139 Project is a ministry that purchases ultrasounds. Did you know that a woman is far less likely to get an abortion if she sees an ultrasound of her baby? And so what we've done is now we take up a collection every year to help purchase ultrasounds. And then when they give those ultrasounds, that helps reduce the number of abortions simply because the pregnant mother sees her baby and oftentimes will choose to either keep her baby or have her baby and put her baby up for adoption. So we're going to be collecting money for that. That'll be in the foyer. Grab one of these on your way out. You know, it's really interesting. Change fits in here, but you can actually put bills in there too, just FYI. But if you fill it up with change, that's great too. We're not going to move in in the time of celebrating the Lord's Supper. And then after that, we're going to have an, an invitation. If you need to come up and pray or be prayed for, we'll give you a chance to respond to what, what God is um, doing in your heart today. The Lord's Supper is something that Jesus instituted for his church. It's for born-again believers. It's what we celebrate to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. It also is done to remind us that he's coming back again to take us home. We're instructed by the Apostle Paul not to take the time of celebrating the Lord's Supper lightly. It's something that we're supposed to prepare our heart to participate in. And so what's going to happen is we're going to just take about two to three minutes. If there's um, anything that you need to confess to the Lord, just do that right at your seat right there. Just go to the Lord. Pray to Him. Make things right with Him. If there's someone here that you've have an issue with or sinned against, go and talk to that person and make things right with that person as well. And finally, if you've not yet picked up your um, juice and bread, they're in the foyer. Uh, one of our ushers can help you with that. When the song, when the music begins to play here, um, you can go to the foyer and make sure you have the Lord's Supper if you would like to participate. So let's just take a couple minutes now and prepare our hearts, and then we'll take the elements together um, as soon as we're done with that.
Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life, perfectly fulfilled God's law. And then he gave his life. He allowed himself to be nailed upon a cross. His body was broken and bleeding so that we could be saved. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in memory of me. While Jesus was on that cross, he received the wrath of God for the sins of the world. He who knew no sin became sin for us. On that cross, his blood was shed as an atonement, as an offering for our sin. When the supper entity took the cup and said, this is the covenant of my blood, do this in memory of me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for providing forgiveness to the repentant sinner. Thank you for the invitation that all could come to you with heavy burdens and find peace. I pray now, Lord, over this time of invitation that you would, through your Spirit, call us to action. Whether it's a person who's turning from some sin or lifestyle in this moment feels that conviction from your spirit and I just pray over that man or that woman or that child that you would give them the faith and the strength to do that. Or it's the one that just feels compelled to come and pray for our nation, for those that are right now in this moment thinking about having an abortion. Or the one that's called and felt compelled during that message to look, at, look into adoption or foster care or to help someone to do that. Perhaps the one that wants to join and be a part of this church or follow through with baptism. Whatever it is, God, during this time of invitation, I pray for, for you to be in total and complete control over every one of us in this moment. To give us the faith to stand up and to step out and to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.